With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rite Aid. Mike Porcaro, behind the mic of your 50,000 watt blowtorch. News Radio 650, KENI. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is 3.06 and an absolutely spectacular day. Gosh, the sky is beautiful blue and the sun is out. It's 39 degrees here, 40 in Palmer, 42 in Soldotna, 43 in Homer, 33 in Fairbanks. Dillingham's at 31, Juno's at 35, and Prudhoe Bay is at 30. So, pretty spectacular day, Crash. I uh, hope you have the window shades drawn up. No. You can see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> What's this like? It's too nice? Is that your, you know? Yeah, I, I don't need There's nothing out there for me. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Bruce Kiesling is with us. And, um, Doc, how are you? Happy Valentine's Day, Mike. <laughs> well, thank you. You too. You too. This is a, a this is a good day. I, I try to um, I try to do something a little extra special for the lovely Mrs. P on Valentine's Day. I I let her get up and make me breakfast. What a generous dude. <laughs> I'm all in. You know. <laughs> good show, Mike. Good show. All right. <laughs> anyway, these, these are the questions. And, and the questions this week, you know, it doesn't come as a surprise, but they're all on one single topic, and that is the cognitive health of the president, which obviously, um, Doc, is, is very important to the nation. And, you know, I, I don't know how... Um, you deal with some of this because you've never uh, you've never examined the guy and you've never seen his records. But I guess maybe the best thing you could do is kind of give us impressions, and we can kind of go from there. Uh, Rob asked a question. He said the cognitive health of the president is front and center. Can you give us your thoughts and observation on what's happening? I'm flattered, Rob, that you ask uh, for my impressions. Uh, everybody's giving impressions, but full disclosure. As hard as I might try not to introduce bias into anything I might say or opine about Mr. Biden's cognitive health, there is the fact that I don't agree with him politically on much of anything he says and promotes, and I think he's an idiot and, uh, and, a, and a successful politician, uh, but I repeat myself. Um, yeah. However, I'll put on my physician's hat. Rob, yes. that's what you want me to do. If he were a patient, I would do my best to be objective in evaluating his family's concerns about his health and his uh, uh, cognitive uh, status. But his family is not concerned, Rob, and I'm convinced it's because they're lying. He's been sequestered away from public discussion and public display, and everything he does is so closely curated and scripted. Every time he goes off script, he goes bonkers. 
and his handlers become apoplectic, and then they scurry to revise whatever he said. He's lost brain function, pure and simple. He's 80. Everybody loses some brain function, but he has lost brain function. And, uh, you know, something that, uh, that came up, that I thought about, the Democratic Party has decided that they know somehow, quote, it's not that bad, okay, end quote. Well, the president is comfortable with a whopper. He says, my memory is fine, much like Clinton's whopper. I did not have sexual relationship with that woman. I mean, it's the same thing. They're both whoppers. And when we talk about fine, we're talking about degree and context. What what does fine mean? It means, if, and I look up the word and it says superior or best quality. Well, we know that's not the case uh, here. Uh, but another uh, one is a uh, definition of fine is, is it satisfactory? Is it acceptable? It's fine with me if you don't want to go. Or your radio program, Keesling, is fine for just a GP, but it's not good enough to go beyond an inordinately forgiving audience. Okay, so that's a, that's, you know, is it satisfactory? I think Mr. Hur's report is exceptional in its thoroughness and expertise. And in my mind, it, it demonstrates perfect pro, uh, probity. But, and, and you've got to follow me here on what I think is very logical. If Mr. Biden and his supporters think it was inaccurate, gratuitous is uh, what they use, meaning unwarranted, the simplest solution here is to go ahead and agree that Mr. Biden take a cognitive evaluation test so that he can go and actually have the trial. Because if Mr. Herr has concluded he uh, mishandled uh, restricted documents, but because of his poor memory, a jury would not convict him, well, let's just say, well, he, it's gratuitous. He doesn't know that his memory is that bad. So let's go ahead and have him do a cognitive test and then let him go through the trial. I mean, that's the logical thing if we're going to accept the Democratic position. So that's for pure logic's sake. Let's have him take a cognitive evaluation to see if Mr. Hur is wrong in his assessment of his memory. I mean, that is kind of irrefutable, I think, this very straightforward logic. Of course, uh, they don't want to be encumbered by something uh, that straightforward. Uh, but there's a lot more, Rob, to cognitive function than memory. Memory is crucial. Uh, we expect our experience, our accumulated knowledge uh, is crucial to good judgment, executive function, and performance that's based on recall and application of what we've learned uh, and what we've experienced. And if we can't remember, and to the degree that we can't remember, then Judgment, by definition, is going to be impaired. And the question is, how much? As we work through the questions today, I think uh, uh, I, I can bring up some interesting context because, as you know, I'm obsessed with context. What's happening here, Rob, is that no one escapes the second law of thermodynamics, and that is second law of thermodynamics establishes the concept of entropy as a physical property, which means simply that we're all sliding down the razor blade of life. And it's called the concept of the arrow of time. You can look it up. But basically, uh, as we get older, um, we have a, a number of things that change, and they're not getting better, okay? We can't run as fast. We don't digest as well. Uh, we're not as strong. And uh, we don't think as clearly or have as good a memory. And so the issue is 
how fine, how satisfactory is his memory, and uh, we're going to talk more about that in the program. All right. Well, Doc, uh, I think there's also some other things. There was um, just kind of a, a, an aside here. There was a um, uh, some some excerpts of the Montreal Cognitive Test, and uh, right. this is supposedly the gold standard of this. And I and I saw some of the questions. And uh, memory obviously is important, but also recognizing things such as they had three um, animals. They had a snake, they had a an elephant, and a rabbit. And said, "Tell uh-huh. us what these are." You know, and I'm thinking, okay, well, if you can't do that, you got a problem. You got that's a pretty low bar, Mike. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's really it's really uh, interesting. But anyway, let's well, uh, let's uh, take what, a what's yeah, go ahead. about that particular test is how, how proud Trump was that he aced it. I know an elephant when I see one. <laughs> At least we hope so. All right. Let's let's get let's take a quick break. The questions today all revolve around uh, the president's um, mental acuity, uh, cognitive function, etc. We'll be right back. Call Mike and crash now. Be a part of the show on News Radio 650 KENI. Source a meteorologist, Air Morrison. 317, we are back. Of course, Dr. Bruce Kiesling is with us as he is every single Wednesday from 3 to 4, and we are happy to have him with us. If you have a question, uh, give us a holler at um, 5220650. All the questions we had that were sent in today. Um, deal with the president's mental health. Jess has one says, I understand President Biden had brain surgery some years ago. Could his apparent decline be related to that surgery? Uh, Jess, you're right. He did indeed undergo uh, brain surgery on a couple occasions, both of them in 1988. Uh, One day he was alone in a hotel room. He felt a sharp uh, pain in the back of his neck. Uh, he said it was a horrible, horrible pain, and then he lay unconscious on the News floor Radio five hours before K-E-N-I. he uh, was um, discovered, and uh, he went to, to a Delaware hospital for testing, and then he ended up very quickly in the Walter Reed Army Medical Center, and where he had a what was truly a life-saving six-hour surgical procedure to fix an aneurysm that had begun leaking at the base of his brain. That was in May of 88. He underwent a second operation to repair another aneurysm on the opposite side of his brain, and the second aneurysm had not caused any symptoms. There was an interview in 2019 that uh, Dr. Castle, who had done his surgery, who was the neurosurgeon, said that Biden did not suffer any brain damage from the aneurysms or the surgeries uh, that could come back to haunt him now decades later. In a brilliant statement, I just thought this was extraordinarily clever of Dr. Castle, he said, uh, Mr. Biden is every bit as sharp as he was 31 years ago, uh, which, of course, begs the question whether he was ever sharp. Um, And so he could still be the dullest knife in the drawer. I I thought that was very clever of Dr. Castle. It's true, though, uh, when you're dealing in neurosurgery, and of course, my son should be speaking to this, uh, but if you're not going into brain matter in uh, itself and removing brain matter uh, because of uh, tumor involvement and the like, uh, that's one issue and very significant impairment can result from the surgery. 
If, however, you're going in to fix a vascular problem and the vascular lesion is accessible so that you don't have to go through or damage a, a lot of brain tissue to get to it, then uh, it's, it's very possible uh, that he could be, you know, he's every bit as sharp and he's every bit as dull as he was uh, 31 years ago. So uh, neurosurgery is never about healing. It's about salvage. Uh, the brain doesn't really... Uh, you know, it gets bruised and it, it becomes, it doesn't really heal a bruise like we do on our skin. And in his case, um, he, he didn't, there wasn't cognitive testing before his surgery. wasn't indicated, of course, and he was incapacitated anyway. Um, and uh, cer certainly no cognitive testing afterwards. Um, so I don't know where his aneurysms were anatomically located, how long his postoperative recovery uh, and uh, we certainly don't have a before and after IQ or cognitive testing to go by. But it's entirely possible that, again, he's as sharp or as dull as he was uh, before he had his surgery. Okay. Well, it's an interesting observation that uh, Dr. Ronnie Johnson, uh, who was the, uh, was the uh, president's physician under Obama, and I believe under Trump, and he had an opportunity to um, observe Biden for eight years, and he said uh, in the eight years he observed him, uh, he said there is no question that there is a decline. So, I mean, here's a guy who, I don't know, I don't know if he was Biden's doctor, but he certainly uh, had great um, access to him, being the president's doctor. Well, I don't think, I, I, and honestly, uh, Mike, do we have to be a physician to see that that, that he, no. he is, fra you know, frail and, and that he's, you know, dottery and uh, that, you know, he just, he did, that he forgets a lot? I mean, the guy uh, mislabeled, uh, what, the president of Egypt with Mexico and, right. and you know, he, he, whenever he goes off script, and even when he's on script, he apparently has a hard time reading the teleprompter, but... Uh, so I don't think you need to be a physician. The question really is, how badly, how bad is it? Okay, mm -hmm. what is the, uh, uh, and why won't he take a cognitive test? I mean, I think that 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 they really, uh, the Republicans really ought to call uh, the Democrats bluff and say, okay, let's go ahead and go to the jury trial after he, uh, because if he passes the cognitive test, then clearly, uh, Mr. Hur was wrong. Uh, that he's incapable of uh, standing for how he mishandled classified documents. I mean, call it like you see it. You can't have it both ways, can you, Mike? Right, right. No, exactly. I mean, if he's if he's got a great memory and he's as sharp as he is he's alluding to, then he should be standing trial. And if he's not, well, then that's a different story, I guess. So you're, yeah. you're right. We, you're right. We got a problem. Yeah. Susan writes a question, and I think this is a very <laughs> This is a very interesting one. She said, do you think people running for elective office should pass cognitive tests? Yeah, no, it's really a sticky wicket here. I don't mean to be a sexist, but, you know, it seems like the women write in the most trenchant, poignant questions. Uh, Susan is, is a good one. Absolutely, Susan. Uh, and this is similar to concerns about any position of responsibility, Susan. We have... Uh, and we're going to talk, um, in my answer, I'm going to talk about mandatory requirement for a lot of professions. And uh, we have it come up from time to time in the medical field. Should physicians be required to take cognitive tests and should they be forced to retire at a certain age? And this whole controversy of ageism, 
So let's just talk about uh, uh, just the mandatory retirement policies and what's the basis for that. We know that motor skills and overall physical vitality do uh, decline, diminish with age. And in the case of airline pilots, the physical drain and mental strain, and that's why the retirement age rules exist. Uh, the, now, the airline pilots, they have uh, check rides, they have procedure tests, they have to go through a simulation all the time to make sure that they're up to speed. Uh, they have evaluations, flight tests, um, and FAA scrutiny, and then they have flight physicals. Well, you know, just because of a president's uh, physician examined them, it doesn't include all these other very important tests of you know, physical and mental ability. So there are added risks to allowing pilots to fly past age 65. So there's something going on right now, Mike, that I know will fascinate you about the issue because they want to extend the uh, ability for pilots to fly from 65 to 67, and that's largely because we have a shortage of pilots. Uh, but that's an international rule as well. So even if they extended it to 67, uh, pilots uh, that were over 65 couldn't fly international routes. And so the, uh, the European Aviation Safety, uh, and they have data-driven risk mitigation studies. That's at the core of aviation safety. And they say there isn't enough data to support the change and that introduces new unknown and unnecessary risk to passengers, cargo, and crew. Well, how about unnecessary risk to the American population? And we're talking about 65, 65 to 67. So uh, when it comes to raising the pilot requirement age, the FAA has made clear that a scientific and safety analysis must come first. This has not happened. And Cantwell, who's, you know, she's a hardcore Democrat and a Washington senator, right? Um, right. She said, "She says aviation safety is paramount, and now is not the time to take a shortcut." But Mike, wait for it. Okay. The Biden administration has opposed raising the age limit for airline pilots. Wow. That's that's that says a lot, doesn't it? I, I think, you know, I, I can't believe that they're being hypocritical. I've never heard of, of that no. occurring in politics. Okay, so uh, typically the mandatory retirement is justified by this argument that, the, that, you know, certain occupations are either too dangerous, military personnel, or require high levels of, of uh, physical and mental skills. Air traffic controllers, for instance, uh, the retirement age is, gosh, it's like a, in 57. Um, and the... Uh, you know, and they rely on the, on the notion that uh, productivity declines significantly, and especially after age 70. And uh, that, so let's look at a few of them. Pilots, I just said, 65. Air traffic controllers, retirement age of 56, uh, with some exceptions up to age 61. Now we're talking about, you know, a guy that's running for president at, at 80, 81. And, and the likelihood that he's going to make it through this another term is you know, approach is very low. So the Foreign Service employees, they, uh, the Florida Supreme Court, jurists uh, in a lot of states, uh, Florida, Michigan, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Maryland, Oregon, they have mandatory judicial retirement ages at 70 generally 
uh, but some of them, uh, like Oregon, you can go up to 75. But the one that I really, really liked in this category, Mike, is the Pope. And Biden is Catholic, and I think yes. he's got precedent here. Okay. So there's no mandatory retirement age for cardinals, nor for the Pope. They hold those positions for life. But cardinals, age 80 or over, are prohibited from participating in the papal conclave, where, you know, they decide on who's going to be the next right. Pope. Okay? And, and that's because of uh, a 1970 dictum that came out from the Pope in Gravencia Tintum, Latin for, you're too friggin' old. <laughs> really. In Gravencia Aetate, it's a document issued by Pope Paul VI, um, 1970, and it's, and it's it translates to advancing age, and it established the rule that, that uh, only cardinals who have not reached the age of 80 can determine important decisions in the conclave, and in 2013, Pope Benedict did what Biden should do, announced his plan to resign as Pope, Describing his reasoning with the same phrase, en gravenciataki. You know, I'm too old for this. I can't do the job as the job should be performed. Okay, be a good Catholic, uh, Joe. Invoke it. <laughs> okay. All right, 3.30. We'll be back. We'll take some phone calls. Um, so stay with us. The Mike Percaro Show with Crash on News Radio 650 K336. Welcome back. Dr. Bruce Kiesling is with us as he is every single Wednesday from 3 to 4. Happy to have him with us. Uh, Kathy is on the line. And Kathy, you had a question for Dr. Kiesling. Go ahead. Well, it's about Joe Biden. And uh, to keep Joe Biden sharp, I don't know if you knew this, he studied. Gertrude Stein. So, would you like to hear one of an actual poem that Joe Biden wrote? Sure. <laughs> In the likes of Gertrude Stein. Okay. Goats are like mushrooms because if you shoot a duck, I'm scared of toasters. <laughs> Just, just wanted you to the doc to see that he's capable. <laughs> you, you had to get that joke in, didn't you? <laughs> that, that, that's not right, lyrical. <laughs> well, thank you, Kathy. We we sure needed that. I wanted to share that with you know the audience and the doc, and he could probably comment on that. Thank you. Well, I was, I was a lit major, and I missed that. <laughs> oh, all right. It's three thirty-seven. Lynn uh, writes, uh, and Lynn is the same age as the president. She says, "She says I am uh, eighty-one, and sometimes take a bit more time than I'd like to retrieve a word or a name. Is this a normal part of aging?" As an aside, I tried your trick of walking backwards. If I forgot why I entered a room, it works. Wow, that's great, Len. I mean, glad it worked out for you. You have to be careful, as I have to be careful as well. You don't trip over anything going backwards, but I'm glad it worked for you. Uh, memory, okay, there's a difference between recognition versus recall. 
Uh, you can recognize uh, something, but you can't recall the details of it. Give yourself a break. That's normal. Uh, if you remember that you forgot, is that cognitive impairment? No, not really. You say the wrong name of the uh, president of Egypt and you don't catch it yourself, that's a problem. But if you catch yourself, uh, then uh, then it isn't such a bad deal. Um, you, you mentioned a uh, uh, little time uh, it takes to get, you, you can have gridlock until you mental, mentally relax, uh, often when thinking about or, or doing something totally unrelated, then the word or name comes back to you. And that's all normal. It's not that you've lost the memory. Your retrieval of the memory is slower. That's all. It's just like you, you can't run as fast, Lynn, your retrieval. But the memory is there. And scientists used to think, Lynn, that brain connections developed at a rapid pace in the first few years of life, which it does, and that you reached, we all reached our mental peak about early 20s. And then your cognitive abilities uh, level off and around middle age, and then they start to gradually decline. But we know that that's not quite the way it works. Instead, we see the brain as a continuously changing, developing across the entire lifespan, and there's no periods in life when the brain and its functions just hold steady. It's always changing. Some cognitive functions become weaker, while others actually improve. Some brain areas, including the hippocampus, which is very much involved with uh, memory, shrink in size. And the myelin sheath that surrounds and protects nerve fibers, they wear, wear, they wear down, and that can slow the speed. It's kind of like losing the wrapping around, uh, you know, electrical connections. It slows the speed of communication between neurons. And some of the receptors on the surface of neurons that enable them to communicate with another may not function as well. It's a switch. doesn't work as quite as quick, quickly. Uh, and that, those changes can affect your ability to encode new information and retrieve information that's already in, in storage. But on the other hand, the branching of the dendrites uh, that connect these, uh, they increase, and the connections between distant brain areas can actually strengthen. And those changes enable an aging brain to become better at detecting relationships between diverse sources of information and getting a, a better capture of the big picture and sometimes understanding the greater implications of specific issues. And that's probably or perhaps maybe that's the foundation of, of, of wisdom. And it, um, it's kind of as if you age, you might become uh, better at seeing the entire forest and worse at seeing the leaves. But uh, we talk about how to protect yourself from the decline. We know that decline happens. And we're, what I just said doesn't apply to everybody in all instances and exactly the way I described it. We know that chronic low-grade inflammation turns into a, a, a problem for all over the body, cardiovascular disease, and includes the brain. And age is the biggest risk factor for a lot of brain diseases. So short of a, a full neurologic workup, let me just give you a few examples uh, of, uh, to help identify the signs of, of more serious cognitive loss and uh, when maybe you should uh, check in, uh, talk to your dog. So, so probably normal aging. You sometimes search for words. You mentioned that. Well, but if you use the wrong words, you know, like stove instead of table, uh, maybe that's a problem uh, and you need to talk. It takes you a little longer than normal to complete tasks at work, but you can still finish them. Well, that's normal. That's normal aging. You, but if you struggle to perform your job responsibilities and you have trouble following a series of steps or instructions, that's different. You can't find your car keys. Well, oh, boy. Um, and I'm glad that is just probably normal, uh, but not if you can't remember to drive. 
how to drive, you know. You have to focus a little more on conversations in a noisy environment. Well, you need a hearing aid, and that's probably, uh, you know, quite normal, especially after you get your hearing aid. But if you can't follow conversations at all uh, with there's, when there's any distractions, um, they, uh, you know, and, and there's a, it takes you longer to, uh, a little longer to answer the phone. Uh, well, it, it's, it only becomes serious if you don't recognize when the phone's ringing, you know. Um, the, uh, one of the things, if you drive a little slower than you used to, well, that drives the other people on the highway nuts, uh, while you're going, uh, 55 in a 70 zone, but, uh, that's normal, uh, but then if you're very slow to react behind the wheel and you miss stop signs or red lights and the like, then you know it can become more serious. So um, that I, I I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the president. I'm not worried about you, Lynn, based on on what you um, uh, just related. Well, maybe Lynn could help him. <laughs> Lynn sounds like she's pretty sharp. So okay. And, and you, you, you're visiting, uh, you're visiting your mom, and um, uh, you, you always remark at how proud you were, how how sharp her mind is, which is, a, I mean, uh, I think that's great. Uh, and yes, it's really sharp. And thank you for mentioning that, uh, bringing that up. My uh, to correlate with some of the connect with some of the things we talked about in the last couple of weeks. She has both a cat and a dog. Okay? <laughs> so, and, and they get along beautifully, and they're both. Uh, the dog goes out, but the cat is a house pet. And you know, I ought to mention just briefly, cats have been implicated in both that outbreak of the Alaska pox mm-hmm. up in Fairbanks. Okay, that was a cat that he got infected from, a feral cat, uh, which I've said, domesticated cats that are allowed to go out become feral when they go out. And then the uh, other is the bubonic plague uh, case that just recently was announced in Oregon, and that woman got uh, a, a, the bubonic plague from a cat, and they get out and they get infected by these animals that are outside. So, um, in both instances, I'm not worried about the plague. I don't want people to get worried about the last pox. It's not going to be a big deal, um, it, you know, except for that person who died because they were immunocompromised and couldn't handle uh, fighting it off. But there's only been nine cases or seven cases in nine years, and uh, uh, that was a different, but so yes, talking about my mom, she's got, uh, she's just absolutely super sharp, and it, it's been just great being with her. Well, I mean, I think that's I think that's special to be able to to be able to do that, and to be able to have your mom, you know, be be your mom. And um, toward the end of my mom's life, um, she did suffer some some memory loss. Uh, but I just remember every once in a while she would, she'd have a, a, a kind of a, a great day, and she this is uh, maybe that's part of, that's part of I, I guess was dementia that that she would have good days and bad days, but it always seemed Doc that that right around uh, when the sun set, she would she would lose whatever the cognitive ability she had. Uh, so yeah, we have we, we we often call that in our training the sundowner syndrome. Okay, so that was normal. But I remember her saying to me, she couldn't find the remote one day, and 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 I said to her, "So where's the remote?" She said, "I don't know where the remote is, but I know what it's for." <laughs> and so I thought, that's, "Okay, that's, okay, that's good. That, that counts." I've been told now. So, all right, three forty-six. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. 
The Mike Percaro Show with Crash. Weekdays at 3 on News Radio 650 KENI. Back to the Mike Percaro Show with Crash on News Radio 650 KENI. All right, 349, and Nettie, uh, you're on the line. Nettie, go ahead and ask the doctor a question. Uh, it's not exactly a question. I guess I'm worried um, about uh, President Biden, definitely, and uh, he needs to take a cognitive test. But the people around him yesterday, uh, I'm worried about them, too, because Corrine Jean-Pierre said that he does more in one hour than most people do in a whole day. And I kind of think she needs to take a cognitive test. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, this is just a judgmental call, but, um, and then Mary Patola, I don't know if you saw, I believe it was in Must Read Alaska last week, or maybe the beginning of this week, she said that President Biden is one of the smartest people she's met in Washington, D.C. Now, that is, there's debatable, debate there, I guess. Uh, Nettie, no, yeah, as usual. Thanks for the call. I, I, um, I appreciate your uh, concern. A, uh, a greater concern is um, uh, the life insurance policy that Biden has with uh, his vice president, really. Um, you know, uh, stepping in. And, and that's a whole other topic, which we'll pick up maybe at a later time. But thanks for the call. <laughs> thanks, Nettie. I appreciate it. All right. Um, Last question today is from George, and he says, In reading all the stories about Biden, I came across a piece in one of the English tabloids linking nose-picking and dementia. This sounds far-fetched, he says. Okay, I had fun with this, George. Thank you. Uh, great one to end on. Can you pick a scarier headline, George? I mean, quote, uh, new research suggests nose-picking could increase risk for Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, could now that prospect um, it could be as just about as frightening as the boogie monster. Um, <laughs> it, 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 so it, that is, of course, Judge. If you, George, if you were actually someone who picked uh, your nose, because of course you've never done that, right? Uh, well, before this, uh, uh, you know, this headline, and I've had fun with this composing this uh, from a variety of sources. Uh, before that headline gets your nose out of joint and the rest of you to jump to any conclusion. There's one thing that, uh, to know about this research. It's very mice, M-I-C-E. Yes, that headline uh, might have squeaked uh, that detail by you. That piece was based on a mouse study, not a human study, published back in February 17th a couple years ago on scientific reports. Now, why did they wait eight months to write about this study? Who knows? <laughs> Regardless, this piece told the tale of what a team of researchers based in Griffin University did with mice. Now, they didn't leave a bunch of a dozen mice by themselves and assure the mice that no one else was looking uh, and then wait until the mice started picking their noses. Um, no. Instead, the researchers inserted a bacteria, and within 72 hours, this bacteria was able to infect the olfactory and trigeminal nerves, the olfactory bulb, and brain of the mice. Eventually, deposits of amyloid beta protein in the brain form, something that's seen in Alzheimer's disease. And that's obviously not a, a great sign. But what's that got to do with nose picking in humans? So this uh, news piece quoted one of the authors as saying, quote, picking your nose and plucking the hairs from your nose are not a good idea. Now, that's opposed uh, to everyone who may have told you that picking your nose is a great idea. And he went on to add, we don't want to damage the inside of our nose, and picking and plucking can do that. 
So uh, he also indicated if you damage the lining of your nose, you can increase how many bacteria can go up into your brain. Now keep in mind, George, that this study was done only in mice and that amyloid beta protein deposits are seen in Alzheimer's disease but cause and effect still hasn't been established even in a human. But this study did not prove that the mice developed Alzheimer's disease or any type of dementia. So is this a definitive study to prove that nose picking can lead to Alzheimer's disease in humans? No, it's not. <laughs> so, so Doc, we, every once in a while, you you got a clean house. What do you do? It, it that's it's it's not right. Uh, so much more 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 research is needed to connect that thing that you don't do. I know you don't do that, George, with such a disease. But but say theoretically that you were to maybe potentially possibly pick your nose once in a blue moon. Well, they say, you know, everything in life is about moderation. So introducing potential disease-causing bacteria is never a good idea. And you probably know that Taylor isn't likely to say to Travis, you know that thing you do when you shove your finger up your nose? That gets me hot. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, really, nose-picking probably isn't something that you're actively training yourself to do. But if for whatever reason you find your finger somewhere inside your nose, uh, please don't treat it like uh, uh, it's an oil well and your finger is a drill. Uh, you want to be very gentle and make sure that you wash your hands uh, thoroughly first. So, George, I had fun composing that. Thank you. All right. Well, it, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, when you have to uh, remove certain um, elements from your nose, what's the, what's the best way to do it? Should you use a tissue or... Uh, you know, a Q-tip or what? What would you What would you suggest? It is not lavage. No. <laughs> although, it although using nasal sprays, using again uh, the uh, keeping the nose area moist, you can um, use. As we talked about before uh, the bacitracin or not bacitracin, uh, bacitran or the. Uh, Oh, kind of petroleum jelly to paint with a Q-tip your nose with, that actually softens things up and protects the mucosa. You just have to be gentle about whatever you do with your nose. Um, and the, really, it's uh, you know the big, when, when you bury it up to your second knuckle, it's too deep. It's uh, not, not and, good. Uh, <laughs> All right, Doc. Remember, <laughs> Mike, you remember that scene from uh, Catcher in the Rye with Holden Caulfield describing just yes. that? There you go. So we're getting right. really literary. I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Doc. You take care. All right. 356. We're going to take a quick break. But we're going to come back. So stay with us.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.